Hello, friends in English 327, and welcome to week 11. So week 11 means that we have only about a month left, right? Which means we have only two more assignments, poem assignments. Um, because after that, you'll do a reimagining of a poem. And then after that, you'll do a revision of at least one poem. And um, those are different. I'll talk about, about those later. Um, but that's it. Just, just this week and next week for your last two poems. So um, for this week, we're talking about the ekphrastic poem. And ekphrastic, um, as you will see, I will define it here. Um, ekphrastic poetry is actually one of my favorite subjects. And I teach a whole course on it called Writing on Art. Um, haven't taught it in a while, but I would really like to again sometime, maybe next year. Not in the fall, maybe in the spring. Um, so let me read for you poem assignment number 11, the ekphrastic poem. And then I'm going to read for you one of my own ekphrastic poems. Poem assignment number 11, the ekphrastic poem. Poetry and the visual arts have shared a long and complex relationship throughout history beginning with Homer's description of the shield of Achilles in the Iliad. Since then, poets of every century have turned to the sister arts of painting, drawing, sculpture, printmaking, photography, and video for inspiration, as they give voice to these media through language. For this week, write an ekphrastic poem. If you're able to, which probably you're not, go see the work of art in person and consider the space in which it's housed. If not, which is more likely, visit museums and galleries online. Before you begin, you may want to think about your favorite visual artist and research where their work currently lives. Another option is to limit yourself to a work in a particular museum or gallery you could potentially visit, such as the National Gallery of Art, which actually may not be open right now. Um, or the Hudson or Whitaker galleries, um, they may have something going on right now. It's worth checking out. Once you've decided on a work of art, consider how you'd like to approach the assignment. Will one of the figures in the work, or perhaps the materials themselves, speak in your poem? Will you address the artist directly? However you decide to engage with the work, please include a link to or an image of it along with your poem. All right, so there you have it. Um, poetry inspired by, about, um, in conversation with the visual arts, all visual arts. Um, I've given you some examples, three of my favorite examples on Blackboard. And um, let's see, where are they? I've got um, Caravaggio, Swirl and Vortex by Larry Levis. I'm, I've also included, or I will, I haven't yet, but I will include um, links to the works of art themselves. Caravaggio, Swirl and Vortex is a beautiful poem by Larry Levis, long poem um, that sort of interweaves the story of Caravaggio in this particular painting with a sort of personal narrative about the Vietnam War. Um, and it's just this really gorgeous, touching, ending that um, just gets me every time. Um, so I'll, again, I'll include a link to the um, painting. It's uh, David holding the head of Goliath 
and Goliath, the head of Goliath in the painting is actually a self-portrait of Caravaggio. Um, the next one, Piss Christ by Andrew Hudgens is based on a work of art by Andre Serrano, a photograph. Um, he had taken a vat of urine and dunked a crucifix into it and then lit it up and took a photograph. And um, it's really a stunning work, has obviously stirred up a lot of controversy as well. And this poem by Andrew Hudgens is in response to it. And I think it's also stunning, equally stunning. I mean, I think in some ways it makes me, the poem by Andrew Hudgens makes me appreciate the work of art even more and understand it even more which is what I think, I think good acrostic poetry should do. Like if it's really, if it's working, it should do that. It should illuminate some aspect of the work that you couldn't see before. Um, and finally, photograph from 9-11. This is that famous photograph of the falling man, the man falling from one of the towers, 9-11, by uh, Wisława Simborska, who was a Polish poet no longer with us, um, but that's also a stunning poem. So three of my favorites there, um, take a look at those, read those, and take a look at the art that they're based on. And uh, let me know what you think in your responses. Um, I'm, I haven't been as great about um, commenting on your responses. I'm trying to comment on your poems every week, and that's the most important thing. Um, but I want you to know that I am reading them. I absolutely do read all of them, and I appreciate your your thoughts, and every now and then I may drop a line or two. Um, all right, so those are the three on Blackboard. Let me read for you now one of my own. Um, I'm going to read for you one that's not online, and I thought I would read it because it's a little bit different. Um, it's actually the only poem in the book that doesn't use punctuation. Um, I tend to prefer well-punctuated, grammatically correct <laughs> lines and sentences. And so I rarely write without punctuation, but I did in this case. And it's also a concrete poem in that it takes the shape of the thing it's describing, or it takes a particular shape. And I think you'll see in this poem, it's kind of like the shape of wings. Um, it's after a painting, The Young Virgin, um, the young, uh, young Mary, um, and this painting, The Young Virgin by Francisco de Zurbaran, uh, lives at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And whenever I go to New York City, I always like to go visit. I like to see, go to the Met, and I like to visit this painting, one of a few paintings I like to visit. Um, it's a beautiful uh, painting. I will um, include the link as well, and you can take a look at that. So here it is, the young virgin. To pray as she does, beyond belief, into the palm of belief itself. Stillness like a held breath or a curtain drawn. For a moment, we are witness to her waiting, her womb an empty vivarium. Around her head, cherubs to be, halo around her. Hymnody of needle and thread, the raiment of her youth. She will wait until the lilies in the urn begin to brown and curl, and the book opens to a page from which the angel enters, 
we will watch as she receives him and draws inside her Lord. So there you go. Again, a little bit different um, in that it doesn't use punctuation. It's just like one long run-on <laughs> sentence. And um, it takes a particular shape using those indented tercets. All right, so um, have fun as always. Have fun and um, hang in there. Um, I know this last month, it always feels like, especially, I mean, especially now when we're, you know, all online or hybrid, um, I know it's hard to make it through those last few weeks, but you gotta do it. Um, keep the faith, keep writing, keep critiquing, that's really important. I want to stress that. Um, let's let's get to the end and have all the critiques in. Okay. I really feel strongly that if we're going to be a workshop, we need to be considerate of each other and um, critique each other's work because that's that's one of the requirements of the course. Um, so um, put that first on your agenda. Um, I actually think that the critiquing of the poems, maybe that needs to come first before maybe you do anything else. Um, because I feel like we've kind of fallen, some of us have fallen on the wayside about that. Um, I'm trying to keep up with them every week, every group. Um, and yeah, I just want to make sure that we all um, are participating in that part of the workshop. Okay. So hang in there. Have fun this week. I look forward to reading your ekphrastic poems, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care.